Another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of mutual consonoma, entrepreneurialism, and so much more. I'll tell you, this show we recorded in person pre-lockdown, January 21st, 2020, with the amazing Salvador Chavez, founder of La Luna Mascal, Gustoso Ram, and some other amazing projects. It's been a long time, but it's strange how much Sal and I talk all the time now. We talked more probably than if shutdown hadn't occurred and I've been a massive fan of the work in Michoacan and the new Palenque, which hadn't been completed yet when we did this interview, but is the biggest Palenque in all of Mezcal-producing region of Mexico. Crazy, right? So he's got this new Pachuga Conjabali. He's got amazing clay distillation. What can Sal not do? So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Salvador Chavez. For, for, from what I see with Bruto, with Inakidens, uh-huh. I see that more common. Really? I've never, I've never, I actually, I can almost say factually, but I don't like saying that because I know everyone has different practices. I haven't heard anyone tell me that they use the pulque for the cuprieta necessarily. Really? But okay. with the Bruto, the Inakidens, yes. Specifically in the area of Querendaro, uh-huh. in uh, Rio de Paras and stuff like that, uh, I've heard that that the pulque is very common. We do it for yeah. ours, for the Bruto. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I know that the... The Mezonte Michoacan yeah. that uses it. And was it with Cuprieta? It that one is uh, you know what it might be in Aquitans comes Yeah, I think so. It. I think I think they go to that Querendaro area if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I believe it's a Perez yeah. Mescalero or Mescalera uh-huh. as well. Uh, uh, but I'm pretty sure they do um they they, they do uh, in Aquitans up there. And they do uh, kind of like a tree trunk still, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's it's yeah. just there's so much stuff like yeah. with Mescalan that it's always a journey it finds us but the, it seems like there's a couple things we get this amazing mescal from Michoacan car in front of us and i want to take a minute we talk about this criollo which, yeah does that mean like reject it means heirloom heirloom yeah heirloom. really yeah. like uh which makes sense to me when uh-huh. you feel like talking about restaurants and heirloom tomatoes too that's right yeah regular, right, right, right. right like you see the difference in and it doesn't mean that they're worse but they definitely aren't perfect and they have different defects if you will that's right. visually and they taste better they almost taste always delicious. Right? they're usually yeah. the highlight of the year is the heirloom tomato season mm-hmm. where people are doing just simple heirloom tomato salads with some cheese and balsamic vinaigrette and stuff like that yeah and you know it's it's kind of the same thing for me that like i mentioned we're doing a new batch of tequilana and it's all criollo just by choice we're wow. like let's go look for all the criollo that were fully mature yeah and that's what we're using man that's super cool. yeah yeah. So this, you know, this drive, because there's so many different ways I could go with this conversation because, yeah. you know, you're Sonoma guy, obviously that's steeped in wine culture, yep. culinary country, mm-hmm. culture and all this, but there seems like there's this innate drive, ambition in you, you yeah. know, I'm a, there's a bit of talk about being an entrepreneur online and I, I think we share that, but where does this start? What's the impetus for you never stopping? That, that, I don't know, man, I, that, that part's. <laughs> Does it, it come it, from the folks or anything? No, you know, not so much. I think my family is pretty traditional. I would say my mom, you know, at one point, um, I would say out of the two, to me, sh- showed a little more entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. But never, you know, my, my, my family's working class family. Uh, my, my father still works in the same property that we, uh, when we first moved to Sonoma. My mom, you know, still um, cleans some houses and does other, uh, other work. But no, you know, I, I, and I don't have, I have, now I have cousins, new mm-hmm. gen. That I would say, oh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, for me, I don't know. It became a drive of, um, I don't know, a passion. Like I, I can say factually, you know, like there, there, I have left a lot of quote unquote money on the table. Yeah. But without caring, because I felt like the the this this path, this journey, what what drives me every day is is what we're what I'm doing and what I added, what I added to my list, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that feels really cool. Like if something new came about that caught my attention that I could support even mm-hmm. I would wake up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it feels sure. good. And so like I, I, I 
I, a lot of people would say I work a lot. I don't feel like I work at all. Well, yeah, it's one of those things, yeah. right? When you're following passions, it's like yeah. you never, I know it's, it's cliche. cliche. It's a fucking yeah. cliche. Yeah. Like you never yeah. work a day in your life. I know. Well, but, until you're not getting sleep. Yeah. Or you're stressing out about money. Yes. Or you're like, well, how am I going to meet this deadline, et cetera, et cetera. Working with a distributor. Yeah. Like all this kind of shit. Yeah. But so like as a, as a dude in high school. Yeah. So, well, first you grew up in Sonoma, but I you did. were born in. Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. Oh. Up. Yeah. So I was Santa Rosa. We stuck, basically I was Sonoma County boy. Yeah. My, my dad, when we first moved, was a dairy farmer. So we were like in the, the, um. Pengrove area before uh-huh. we moved to Sonoma and he was dairy farming there. Yeah. And before that in another dairy farm in that same kind of Sonoma. That's where my folks are. Not my folks was where my mom's family's from. Oh really? Santa Rosa. Well, yeah. They grew yeah. up in San, San Francisco and then later in life, they all moved up to Santa Rosa. Oh, there you go. So I've been, I, I traveled there all the time actually yeah. in, in the nineties, but still. <laughs> Sonoma County's cool. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Cool. It's, it's tame by, yeah. by, by virtue of like what you can do. But That's it's, right. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. So scholastically or academically, yeah. you know, I know you went to college for business yeah. and all of that, but what kind of were you an arts guy? Were you a math guy? I, I, a sports guy. Yeah, you yeah. got a bit. You get the build but, for it. Yeah, tall guy. yeah. I was a sports guy. Uh, still consider myself a sports guy in a lot of ways. But baseball, uh, football, a uh, basketball, basketball. I was basketball. So power home. forward? No, I, I was too short for that. I always played guard. Guard. Okay, one, yeah, one, yeah. one or two. Um, Played soccer. Mm-hmm. I broke my dad's heart in my sophomore year when I stopped. I was playing varsity soccer, varsity basketball, and at that point, I, I guess, decided it was it was it was the right thing to do to just choose one sport. Yeah, and so I chose basketball. Um, and my dad was is, is still a very passionate <laughs> soccer fan. Yeah, you know, and and player, he still plays. Uh, so I broke his heart, but uh, yeah, it was it was sports. I would say that's where my competitive nature came from, maybe, yeah. and where. Uh, where I wanted to keep on competing because mm-hmm. a lot of what we do in life is is that you know whether we want to deem a competition oh, or not. Oh, dude, yeah. It's it, it, do you think that? And I I agree. Yeah. Because in in a way, our peers and yeah. kind of the mile markers and the yeah. benchmarks. That's always something that's a comparison. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And it exactly. kind of keeps me up at night sometimes. Yeah. So for like, sure. Is this good enough? Am I yeah. doing all that I can do? So this whole thing scholarships were was it looking like that was going to happen no for for- i was um i ended up playing some jc ball um then after that went to try out a couple other colleges but then you know really after that it was more uh competitive as, as the, the most competitive uh basketball i played was aba basketball okay. which is the american basketball association yeah and then semi-league i had a tryout in uh monterrey with uh, forza regia which is a mexican uh professional team yeah um and but i stayed local in sonoma and just played in in in, in that way and so a little college ball and then that um no scholarships coming out of uh high school i was a probably mediocre student at best yeah I mean, I 3.0 kind of you know hey you know what i'll choose yeah, that. yeah, that's about sure. where i'm at right I, I uh i i i'm happy with it you know? it, it like in college i was worse but so okay yeah. this is a good point yeah it never held us back from doing no. what we right. It no. never got. It never made made it so we couldn't get funding. It never made it no. so we couldn't get people to believe in us. That's right. It's yeah. only just the check mark. That's right? right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's however you want to take it. It's either going to be an impediment or your 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 uh, what would you call it? your platform to yeah to, to get higher right. And for me, I always uh, I it was all it was also a moment in my life with some things that were going on where I was like, it it's it's weird to say it, but nothing felt in impossible no, nothing felt it felt like okay we can get that done yeah. you know oh yeah we which is a detriment sometimes no but that's a really yeah. so okay that i think that's a really great notion for an entrepreneur yeah. i think that the absence of fear is what allows you to think like that yeah so had you because this is probably early on in your career just out of yeah. the ball and stuff had you made a big mistake yet i had probably made a few um including at one point i i was a, a partner in a sushi restaurant and I probably exited a little too early there. Mm. Um, and and after that, I had this is was this one was interesting actually going to this. I I let my passion for basketball overtake my my clarity and vision because mm. I tried to take the basketball um, and, and create a ABA team to make money. Oh, and I and it was clearly a, a failure, like very big failure. In what city? In in Sonoma, oh, wow, oddly okay. enough, right? So yeah. small fan base, all the uh, everything you shouldn't do, right? Yeah. And so that that was one of my biggest failures. Where I had a that was a tough one to swallow because basketball is the passion, yeah. right? And you think that okay, you're passionate about it, you're going to make money. Sure. So you didn't at least clearly measure all the variables, mm-hmm. right? Including the fact that there's no market for that there, right? Yeah. So um, that was one. I think that was one of the most because I was young th- at that point. 
but I was also just doing a bunch of things. And everyone would deem it as, oh, this this guy's going crazy. He's doing a lot of stuff. And, yeah. And he's no one's going to stop him, but I had to stop myself. Wow. You know, because I had to really self-reflect on that one and be like, you know what? That was a mistake. You know, I, I and it wasn't a lot of money, luckily, but it was still money. Yeah. And it was still, it was also more of the realization that was a benefit from yeah. it, right? Because we did get to play some cool basketball and we did get to do some cool things and travel. And we went as, as far as Central California. I think we did one SoCal game, competed at a really high level. But um, at the end of the day, it was kind of like, this isn't the ticket. Mm -hmm. And um, and then after that, I felt like I was a little bit more calculated in my efforts and my steps. And How old roughly when this basketball idea came uh, to Man, what was I? 24, 25? Wow. No, 25 probably. 25, yeah. So I mean, that's, that's pretty early to get yeah. started and stuff. You know? Yeah, I was, you know, uh, doing the cafe, the Picasso Cafe, the deli, as, as, as it was known. Um, that was 23. So the early start in that. Oh, so you you were doing that because th was that a project with your then girlfriend and or no now that, wife? that originally was with my parents. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so that originally was with my parents, and so that's where I give them the credit. I would say from the from the entrepreneurial standpoint, and then as most family businesses go, just you know things take their that's, course. Man, that's so okay. Yeah. So because that's two thousand nine when it opened. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was I was uh twenty three. Yeah. So yeah. You, what was the okay? This is because it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like my my dad's been in the restaurant business his yeah. whole entire life. We never worked on anything together. Yeah. He was always working for yeah. another company. But you're saying your dad was a dairy farmer doing that for a yep. bit. Your mom was cleaning houses and yeah. things. What? So, okay. So, not only is it hospitality and food, yeah. which is all kind of really undercurrents to doing yeah. West Island. Yeah. But, like, how did... What was there... Why did what made it a great opportunity to open that? It was I don't even know if you would say it was necessarily because I will tell you because one of the learning experiences there was that we had no idea what we were doing, <laughs> and I went to school, you know, yeah, yeah. business school, if you will. I ended up majoring in econ, barely, but yeah. I did, um, and it felt so new. I never asked anyone how to do it. We didn't, you know, none of it. And I was the I was the source of information, you know, like I was the one really? trying so. I look back at our first year doing it and in my head, and even the first day, I have this weird memory where I can, some of the things that like either embarrassed me or, or like just overwhelm me, like I'll never forget. I can, I remember being behind the counter day one Yeah. from, you know, all, because, you know, naturally in every restaurant, independent of who you are, everyone's always curious. So you're always busy in the yeah, beginning. You're sure, always absolutely, busy. Absolutely. How much of that you retain is really the magic, right? Mm -hmm. And the short term. And, and I remember how busy we were to how much we, how poorly we did. But the one thing that my parents and, and me, I, well, because they instilled it in me was customer service. Yeah. I don't, you know, to date, they both in my, in my, in my head, because they're so willing to, to, to bend over backwards for people. Mm -hmm. Um, they are the epitome of customer service. You know, they, they will make sure you are happy, happy. And so I've taken that to, to the, with this, with anything I do. Has been, and it's also been. It really boils down to humility, mm -hmm. and my parents were always really big on that, really big on that, and I'm really happy with that because I'm always trying to instill that in my kids too. Because it is something that you know, it's practice as well. Like you, you have to make sure you, you treat everyone the right way, everybody, oh, sure. right? And yeah. I feel like that's a lost art sometimes in some parts of Damn. the world, or you know, in yeah. our generations or whatever. And so for me, it's always been about the people. Like I was, we were talking about earlier, relationship based yeah. stuff. That's why I pride myself so much in it because. I, you know, in this world, what's really curious with Miscada, if we're dealing with the farmer, mm -hmm. just that farmer's agave, they're not going to talk to you like the importer or like the distributor. Right. It's a different conversation. And I'm blessed to be able to say I can speak to all of them. They all like speaking with us because we respect them. We respect every single person for mm -hmm. the labor that they do. Um, and it really boils down to my parents and, and, and how they raised raised us and raised me yeah. to, to maintain that level of humility that, that was the proper one, I would say. Who is cooking? So in the beginning it was a deli, as you mentioned it, right? Yeah, so oh, that's it, right. That's yeah, right, so yeah. first it was deli, and it was just sandwiches, cold cut sandwiches, gotcha. and everything. You know, we were doing like egg, egg, uh, egg sandwiches, like microwaved eggs, uh -huh. and stuff, super okay. like not cool stuff, right? And then I did that sushi restaurant, and then when I when I was at that sushi restaurant, I, I really got trained to cook because we were once again busy. Mm -hmm. Then we slowed down, and instead of hiring more cooks, I became a cook. I see. And one of the guys who was there was super talented, and I would just pick his brain like crazy that's how i do it with all things i do yeah i was just in there like hey why you do it like that why you do it like that? yeah why you do it like that and uh he was like man you have so many damn questions and and sure enough i learned how to cook and to date i feel very 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 uh, prepared to cook anything you know Interesting. Wow. yeah and so then i went back to the cafe after i sold out of that restaurant 
And I, I convinced my parents that we should invest in a kitchen because at the time there was no kitchen, no mm-hmm. hood, nothing. And at first they were so confused because right? at the time all we were doing was weekend burgers, like these burgers, and they were very popular mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, but it was so crazy and labored. Like we had to pull out a fryer. We had to go fill up uh, propane tanks. We oh, had yeah. to get the grill ready. It was cold and raining and it would, you know, kill the temp. So it was just all these factors. And I was like, we got to do it. And they were so reluctant. And they finally, they said, okay, let's do it. We pulled a loan. Did the kitchen, and then I started going to the back. Before we got the kitchen, on little butane stoves, I was cooking soups. Yeah. I would made all our dressings from scratch. Before that, we were buying craft dressings and stuff like that, you know, like the craft brand. And um, and then I started making all our dressings. All of a sudden, people started coming for our signature flavors, you know? So signature this, signature that. I started making our pestos. Yeah. Everything. Um, and then my mom created a very particular sauce called the Picasso sauce, still like a spicy Picasso sauce, which was a signature sauce for our burgers. I saw it on uh, every, like yeah. everything out of the food trailer, for instance. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah. So, what, uh, not with that. Just give me the essence of this sauce. You don't have to tell me what's in it. I know uh, well, it it's, it's like a chipotle, no, no uh, mayonnaise, uh-huh. uh, cream sauce for a burger. Oh, interesting. And so it really like gave a burger an extra little nice kick. kick yeah. And and it really it, so I always people are like, is it spicy? And I'm like, listen, eat it on its own, maybe. Put it in a burger, delicious. You won't taste the spice. Right. And I'm like, okay. And they tell, you, oh, it was amazing. So it's one of those things because chipotle, chipotle is always such a scary word for people. Yeah, right? They're like, yeah. oh, chipotle? No. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So that was kind of how we started building up. And so then I started cooking to answer your question. I was the one cooking. And then I built up a lot of recipes that to date would still be our proprietary like magic. Yeah. Because uh, I always meant I always said to people, like, look, we're like a sauce house. Most of the things we, we alter or we add are sauces. You know? That, that, you know, what's weird is that's the last, that's the last yard. Yeah, that's what takes the food and puts it into such a different echelon of yeah. flavor, right? Yeah, or just a, the sprinkle of something. Exactly. You well, know? this I'm a huge, I'm a seasoner, man. Like I, people like, like they was like, oh, you season everything. Like I'm like, yeah. Like I'm parent. I I don't want to cook a meal. Yeah. I, I it's just my competitive nature. I don't want to cook a meal unless you're gonna tell me it's delicious. Yeah. Because if I do and you didn't, I'm like, damn. I'll blame it on myself. You know, I'm like, I should have added a little more pepper, a little more salt. <laughs> so if you, okay, here, so here's the downside to the this yearning to succeed and to please people. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If it if it doesn't work. Yeah. If something, this mezcal is delicious, and I'm sure it's gonna be great and a very good representation of Michoacan. Yeah. If not one of the best. But but if these projects don't work, where do you go? Or do you just like, you know what? I'm just gonna pick myself up and just keep going. Or does it take the piss out of you a little bit? No, I'm resilient. I feel like I'm resilient. I try to be. And and, and and this project is a perfect example that I feel like. And I now we can get into it now or we can get into it later. But essentially, from what we started, all we had was one expression. Mm-hmm. And I will admit, now that expression I have I you know, when I, it was an inherited expression, right? It was like no it was any other procurement project. Mm-hmm. I took myself to Michoacan and I went there because my family's from there. And I met Isidro and then originally that's all I was bringing up. Now Isidro's way of, of producing mezcal, be it his family tradition, be, be it his way, yeah. right? For some people, wasn't good enough, if you will, right? Like it was for, from the perspective of like what you're sipping on, like uh-huh. at times they're like, oh no, like it's not doing it for me. For a lot of like the, like, cause I look at it in, in, in what it is. Like we have a, a general market, we have a general market, mm-hmm. and then we have a very nuanced market. The nuanced market being you and I mm-hmm. and everyone you and I talk to, to certain, and then mm-hmm. some, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the people you talk to are expecting robust flavors and you know what i mean but like the general market like the, the general market isidro's expression was magic like it's one of the best depleting uh mezcals at retailers with general consumers sure. maybe not with mezcal aficionados and stuff like that right um and i knew that i knew that all too well going into it and i was going we were going and, and you know t- from some of the messages i got from some people including some of our distributing partners yeah to your point i would have quit i would have just been like okay well then this isn't good enough i'm just gonna let no, we just kept going. We kept going. We kept going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, me getting involved on that side, I became Mexican citizen, dual citizen, because my, my your folks, yeah, yep, exactly. Um, and I partnered with Isidro. I partnered with a few other people. And and really, these are kind of like what I would say is my uh, anxiety over flavor. Like, I, you know, there was no things that while obviously I was not the one to put in all the labor and, and, and all of that, I, we worked as a team, right, mm-hmm. with certain things that I had learned and what have you. Where I could I could properly impart my knowledge without being disrespectful or whatever, and I say, hey, this is how we'd like to do this. You know, would you like to be on our team, right? And that's how it works. So it's com- it's a communal thing. It's, and, it's and a that's collaboration, correct, right? right? And, and 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 I didn't I didn't want it to get to this point where I felt like because I I respect this 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 spirit too much. I respect 
and not just this, you know, any spirit for that matter. Yeah. You know, someone is doing it. Someone, someone learned it. Someone wanted to do it. Someone in, invested in their still. Some, you know, somebody did that. So I'm nobody to go into your space and say, you got to do it like this. Mm-hmm. I almost hate that because I know a lot of times with some of the people that I roll with too, the first thing they do is, is opine on a change, uh-huh. right? They're like, right, right, oh, right. you know, if you did it like this, it'd be quote unquote better. I think that's such a bad way to look at it. Hmm. You know, like uh, a, a perfect example for me was going to uh, San Luis Potosí. Like I went, we went exploring yeah. and, and we went to an area where th- these particular, this particular family, it's like one family in this particular area. Mm-hmm. They all did it the same way, if you will, but they did it in a way where you're like, oh my God, this is so inefficient, right? Like you would sure. automatically say that. Which which city was it in? It was in Campanilla. Okay. You okay. you familiar with it? Uh, yeah, that in Charcas, I think, is the one that I was. I don't. Uh, we went there. We only went to one other part. It was really interesting. It was like that place, and then we went to like a one that was going to be massive. You mm-hmm. know, like the, the production up there was going to be crazy. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And so the Campanilla people, but the one thing I will say is their finished product was some of the best I've ever had mm. to date. Yeah. You know, and I'm and fortunately for me and probably like you, you've had a lot of spirits, right? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 a lot of mezcal and, and agave spirits. And it was just so good. So for me, it was never going there to understand what they should be doing. It was to understand how they do things and yeah, why. Yeah. Like, I just want to know why. Just observe. I'm so like, curious. Yeah. It's like when I asked a cook, why yeah. do you add more salt? You know, why do you add, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what it was. And, and granted, I walked away learning a lot. And the most the most curious thing about that was we were on our way with Adrian, mm-hmm. Ryan, who's uh, on our team in the, on the U.S. side, and uh, Hernan. And Hernan, you'll see, is on one of the labels. He's one of our mezcaleros. Mm-hmm. And Hernan and Adrián were complaining to me about our water. They were like, oh, you know, it's because it gets hot and blah, blah, blah. And, and our tour guide was like, because, you know, San Luis Potosí is a desert. Yeah, right. And he was like, and he started laughing. He goes, you guys have no idea about water struggles. Yeah. And I said, what are we about to see right now? He goes, I don't even want to tell you. Just watch. And sure enough, Hernan and uh, Adrián walked away going, we have nothing to complain about. Yeah, They're dude, like, like they have to, they don't even have things to burn. Yeah, it, right? was, it was just, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They yeah, got, it was no, there's nothing. They're very resourceful. The way they, you, even we could learn a lot from those practices oh, in yeah. a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, from the lack of deforestation that they'll ever create because right? they don't, yeah, right? And then no, no trees cut for them. Um, like all those things, it was pretty, it was impressive. And more importantly, once again, the final product was just, mm. it's something that you just don't even have to question. It was amazing, right? It was, it was so good and pure and, and just awesome. Yeah. You know, it, just, it was, I don't know. That was, that was kind of my, my, my full circle moment up there. It was cool. So one of the things that, again, we're going to hop around. One of the yeah. things I felt, and, and you tell me because you're a dad of two, right? Yeah. And I, I'm, a, I'm just a little bit older than you, just from context clues. Yeah. And I always felt like kids, because each of these bottles is a baby. Yes. They cost money. Yeah. <laughs> they make you cry. Yeah. And they take a bit out of you. Yeah. Give you a little more gray hair, wrinkles, whatever, right? I always felt, that children, if I were to choose to have them, would somehow get in the way of me being able to be successful. How have you balanced being a father, traveling, being mm-hmm. a husband, but also still having all these other babies yeah. out there in the wild? So the only way is I have a probably one of the I'll give it I'll say the, but you know I know that's unfair to some people because <laughs> I don't know everybody. Most supportive uh, partner, spouse, wife in in the world. Yeah. Um, amazingly supportive uh and believes in me believes in what we're doing as a family believes in what i'm doing you know with the with the endeavors i take on mm-hmm. um additional we have a very supportive group of friends around us uh families around us so family is so, still pretty close yeah yeah we all we, everyone fortunately lives in sonoma within 30 minutes of each other yeah right but we're the type of household who every night including last night because i looked at the camera uh-huh. We have friends over, you know, like, you know, they know I'm gone. So they're there, you know, making sure that the kids maybe aren't going too crazy yeah. or whatever. We have, it's, it's that it's a support system. I think it's a support system that allows me to really take all these things on. And then additional, the, the only way I, I would attest to maybe earning that is mm-hmm. that I try to be as supportive and not more for everyone around us, right. including in my household. So when I am there, I exist and I try to be very present and helpful and whatever I can so be. A, it has to be a balance. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that balance is is um, what allows this to happen all the way. Because, yeah, you're right. It's a lot. I mean, it is a lot. And I think that when I sit back sometimes and I think about it, just because I do it all the time, it doesn't seem. But then I'm like, wow, it is, it is a lot. It is well, a we lot. don't have perspective. Yeah, right? exactly. Because exactly. it's just it's not narrow sidedness. Yeah, but it's focused. 
Exactly. So, and, the, and one of the good things about that is we potentially, we still observe stuff that's happening. Like I still yeah. stop to smell the roses, but I'm never looking backwards. Yeah. It's always like, I'm not sure what's next, but I'm going to keep yeah. plowing we'll, forward. Plowing forward, yeah. yeah. You don't harp on the past too much. That's right. It exists, you know, and like, you know, like we just talked about the the the, the reflection, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the high tide being 2020, it's real. And you learn from those bruises, mm-hmm. but you keep on going. But if you dwell, how are you supposed to, like, you yeah. know, I can't, yeah. I can hardly text and walk at the same time <laughs> if i was looking over yeah. my shoulder and yeah, trying to walk exactly i'll yeah. be tripping head over tail yeah. like so it, it is an interesting kind of strategy yeah. more or less so the, yeah the 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 interesting thing for me with mezcal like i mentioned early on with some of the commentary and whatever all it did for me was like what would you call it build a uh thicker skin mm-hmm. and and really gave me more reason to work my butt off to make sure that we change the narrative, right? And to, to alter our narrative. Because yeah. the one thing I would say is we, we with the, the skew that I mentioned early on, our original skew, while it wasn't the most fascinating or what have you, it served the most purpose, right? Because people were buying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were cocktailing with it. And all I can tell people with that outcome was that we were employing more people in Mexico. And that made me proud as hell. Yeah. So that to me was like, okay, there's a victory for everybody as long as we take our ego out of it. And and that's what I've been really working towards is finding that fine balance of us continuously doing what we're doing here with mm-hmm. with what you're tasting, and continuously producing the through the other practice to make sure we can keep on growing our team because that's what it's about. Like you know, for me, one of the most prideful things I was able able to say was ever able to say was how many people worked with us as our team, our our employees, if you will. I almost hated that term. They were all team members to me, yeah. right? How many people were on our team? I was like, that that was a big deal to me. I was like, I instead of saying twenty, saying fifty is better. Mm-hmm. Saying seventy is more, right? So that was always like the the the, the carrot for me. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Well, it's a what's the word? It's a team player kind of thing. Yeah. Wanting that the community to grow, raising tides, all that. So let's let's talk about the formation of La Luna. You discovering mezcal, yeah. and let's try this chino. And I yeah. have the benefits. So you know what I learned the other day is I was teaching a class on scotch. And normally, my wonderful partner, Leslie, she'll help teach the class with me. So I get some time f- to stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So normally, I can, you know, I can sneak in a few mezcals here and there. So, but it was only me talking for an hour and a half with, the, with questions and shit. And I'm like, I didn't even finish one sip of scotch. So, <laughs> so this, I'm just giving you this opportunity yeah. as I'm talking a little bit to kind of let the air out of the tires that... You can sip this because I, I mean, criollo. I I didn't know that that's what that meant. I'd seen that word around, yeah, but I'd never seen one from Michoacan ever. And the, and I'll tell you what, it does have the resemblance of the tequila. But you know what? When you get that that beautiful dark clay soil, right? Yeah, that kind of red soil. It tastes wet, which is great, but it still has that minerality tropical fruit thing. Yeah. So th- this is the most heightened sense of a tequilana that you could ever have. Do you like the thing? Dude, I thought it was fucking Oh, great. great. Yeah, good, good, super, good. Super good. Good, good, good. That's awesome. Yeah, I That's mean, I was nice. I was proud of it. It was our first one. This was our first new expression that we had ever realized yeah. after doing the 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 black label cuprieta. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was super happy. I was super happy. Yeah. Was, what and so what kind of talking about the, that one seems like it'd be limited? Are these It is limited? right now. All of these like for example, since we've done the last one of these which was the bruto. Mhm. We have effectively loaded, let's call it, I don't know, eight to ten oven loads of the cuprieta. Yeah. For for that black label. And we just are now doing the next tequilana. Oh, and unfortunately wow. for us, because we have our, our new Vinata and Cotija, uh-huh. we did another batch of Manto Sawayo kind of simultaneously. Oh, right? cool. But that's what it that's the only reason, because then we have the various sites. Mm. Which are which are, are a logistical nightmare, but they're amazing to to be able to do that in that way. Yeah, yeah we just have to drive a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. that's this is the thing. Sometimes you you'll figure out along the way how to make it easy. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's our that wouldn't trust me. Every time we go, we're like, well, what if we do it like this, or what if we get this person, and and what have you. And it's a it's a it's inter- interesting dynamic because on the one Cotija, my my uncle, he actually lives on the property. Oh no, kidding. so yeah, he's always there, and he, so he's helping us from a labor standpoint, right? Like yeah. he's loading the oven with wood, and he's helping us from all those perspectives, like of of anything that needs to be moved or what have you, he, he's going to function. And he's, of course, learning. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, uh, unbeknownst to him, I'm sure, yeah. he's really learning what we're up to. But he's definitely not a trained or, or mezcalero of any 
kind right now sure but he's there and so we have the the and nature of being able to land there with that yeah that's super cool that the fan it's a yeah. family affair exactly. and that one yes that so one 100 yes of all the restaurant biz makes sense obviously yeah. people say you know get into that because it can be <laughs> lucrative yeah. sometimes for some yeah. folks right? it's, yeah it can be it yeah can be. It can be, but also it can be crazy it, yeah. it can be both, both. it's it kind of like both, very yeah. trying on your body and your yeah. mind and all of that but i sure as shit don't think anyone would say you know what you should do yeah <laughs> start a booze company yes so yeah. Puente International, yeah. this was the first entity that existed, right? That is still the one that is the umbrella company to right. everything we do. So where do you know where does this like pie in the sky idea yeah, it, come it, from? It all revolves around mezcal. Everything came second or or and then third. Um, but essentially, what happened was I was at this point in my life where I was not being questioned in a bad way, but just like being asked by by a lot of my mentors and people around me, saying, "Hey, you know." There's no way you're going to be in this counter at, at the cafe sure, sure. forever. Like, what's next for you? So they really made me keep on thinking. They planted the seed. They're they? like, what? What's next? And so in, in the in the interim, I had thought about this kind of company. We had talked about, um, interestingly enough, because of what I was doing, I had I considered a, um, basically like a Monster.com specifically for uh -huh. the restaurant industry, cool. right? Stuff like yeah. that. Which and has since, since that kind of happened. Of course, right? yeah. Poached, I think. Yeah, is the one. Yeah, yeah, poached is happening. Yeah, a lot of other ones have happened. Um, some more successful than others. And so, yeah, so I was, I was thinking, I was thinking, then all of a sudden I just came across, uh, this, this idea that mezcal was happening, if you will. Right. What, what uh, gave you that idea? It was a article I read. It was a really corny uh, title. It was, uh, mezcal worms its way on, onto us shelves. Clever. Very, right. Very, <laughs> very. And I read it, but what, what drew me in, cause obviously that article really referenced Oaxaca, right? It was all about, but it mentioned, just subtly that Michoacan and Guerrero uh -huh. were next in line for the denomination of origin. Oh, so this was in the mid 2000s. It was it, well this particular article 2000s. was 2014. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, so it was, I think they were late. Uh, yeah, because it was like a business it, article. So like you yeah. know, business people are usually late to like actual trends, like That's in right. that way, right? So like yeah, cause anyway, yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was like 2014, and I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I'm like, dude, like, I remember going back to Cotija with my dad and my my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and. They would always be sipping mezcal with cotija cheese, like the best pairing in the world. Oh man, that's what it was for me, and I just kept on remembering that. I was like, "Shit, I want, I want to go back to Michoacan." Then that's what I want to do. Like that, that was like my epiphany. Find right? a way to like, get back. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go back, right? So then I, then I started making plans around. Okay, I'm gonna travel there and then go. And originally, one of my primo hermanos went with me um, on on the first trip, and um, so yeah, that's how it was. That that's what triggered the thought, and like, and honestly. What I first thought I was going to do is not what I'm doing today. And that's the most blessed situation ever where the mm -hmm. evolution of things and the pivoting and all that stuff lands me here today in a completely different, uh, uh, what would you call it, uh, position. Yeah. Right? What, what was the, what's the big shift? Well, the biggest shift was that I went there thinking I was just going to go source mezcal. Oh. And then I went into this situation in my brain where I was like, I want to I want to produce mezcal. I want to work on the production side. I want to be in Mexico, yeah. which finds me in Mexico, you know, every two weeks sure, you know sure. so which i love but it's also to your point earlier with family and all that stuff is challenging mm -hmm. but i asked i i asked for that challenge right so I, I i fulfill that challenge and so my my day is usually a blend of talking to adrian and anyone else in mexico that i have to talk to on the on the production side of what we're doing mm -hmm. uh on the logistics side etc um and then anything else in the u.s but i it's really more of a split of mexico and it's funny because now i always tell people i have more mexican credentials than i have american my driver <laughs> license my my ine my um my passport and all, all the other ones that come along with being down there mm -hmm. my my uh my card for the the union the mezcaleros michoacanos oh, nice. all that's yeah all that stuff right so i have more mexican credentials than i have u.s but i love it right like i for me it's like a dream come true now because that's where where my dream shifted, right? Yeah. Like I was like, this is, I didn't realize how how entrenched, how in love I would fall with what I was doing. Um, I I knew what I was gonna do, and that I was going back to my the motherland and, yeah. and Michoacan specifically. Back to the roots. And yeah, to the unbeknownst roots. to you, really. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And but but to go back in, it's almost it's almost like uh it, it's it's um backwards for my parents because when I first told them i was gonna do this they thought i was crazy and they, they literally were like listen we worked our butts off to come to the u.s get out of it yeah so, and you're trying to go back in and then now now especially my dad because michoacantai they're proud as hell because they're like we we never thought it would become this you know to oh, get man. this kind of recognition and this kind of stuff so it, it's been pretty cool it's i there's there's something 
I don't know when it started for me, to be honest, but I've always had this just deeply passionate affair with Mexico. And then I found Mezcal. Yeah. And then I met the woman I never thought I could meet. And yeah. she's, you know, a dual citizenship too. And learning the language and like everything I can possibly do. Going out. Like I, one of my favorite things is going to Plank in the middle of nowhere and yeah. setting up two microphones and interviewing. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, I'm taking what I know to yeah. word that they know, you know, yeah. that, and that's the only way is that we can intersect and kind of say, we do have a lot in common, but we have a lot of dissimilarities. You get us the source. That's ex exactly yeah. right. Well, so this is the thing is I feel Texas is a little different because we're so close to the border and it is fully mm -hmm. ingrained. Like the, the Hispanic population in Texas is massive, which is great and influences yeah. culture. But like, because you're traveling, you're seeing what could be called a divide mm -hmm. in the country. Do you think that there has been increased tension with the states in Mexico or has it grown and been more collaborative? Um, so I live in a completely different state that's a lot more liberal, right? Yeah. And I would say from what I witness in California, I feel like because of the tensions, they grow more empathy for Mexico than ever, yeah. right? Like in their, for any, any, any wall, right? That they're like, no, 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 no. Like let's build the tie. Yeah. Which is really kind of the theme of Puente Internacional originally is like building that tie, the international mm -hmm. bridge. Um, and, and so I, I, I haven't, I have felt it and seen it more on social media. Sure. Those tensions growing. Like yeah. when you see certain things, you're like, holy crap, that exists. Yeah. And, and I just maybe live in a bubble that maybe it doesn't feel like it does. I, and I, and I, and I say that knowing that there's a huge, uh, support of a wall in California There's a huge support of many Texas. things in that way in California. Right. I just don't happen to live within those people, but yeah. by, maybe by choice. Right, so that's probably why I don't see it as much. And when I'm in Mexico, when it was really interesting when when the presidential presidential race first happened and all that stuff, they were throwing jabs at me when I was landing in Mexico, like, mm -hmm. "Oh, you're this and you're that." And, right, right. But but like, I it was always just kind of just like a joke. But they, I think, in turn, especially because of this culture, because I'm living in the culture of of the spirit, right, of right. agave spirit. Yeah, they have felt the love of everyone going over there and like saying, "No, no, no, you're our homies." We love you. We love yeah. what you produce. We love what you're about. Right. So I feel like they're like, oh, that doesn't exist either. Like they live in that bubble too. That's a, that's yeah. a, a yeah. wonderful point. Yeah. Because why, why is someone going to a palenque? Yeah. To it's say, not because they want the wall. Right. Because they love They're Mexico. not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want to explore. Exactly. They're open. Yeah. I think that it's, it's an interesting thing. It's just a very interesting duality. And as the category of mezcal grows so much and probably another 30, 40%, yeah. which we'll find these numbers out next month. Yeah. Uh, in March rather. But that's massive and if anything it's a harbinger of more acceptance yeah and a lack of fear and coming together and stuff so that's one of the other things too beyond mezcal being a beautiful spirit in itself it emblemizes or it symbolizes a lot yeah. or it's emblematic i think yeah. what I was looking for. but so we're sipping chino i've yeah. had only one chino before mm -hmm. this is made by emilio's father yep and it I got some. I'll, I'll, there's an interesting. I've got some interesting things about that bottle off mic. I kind of want to discuss yeah. that, but it's beautiful. And this chino is in a Kedans? No, this is uh, Cupriata. Cupriata. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And this to me is what quintessential Michoacan. Yeah, mezcal lot, tastes yeah. Like it's it's a very it has some pine notes as well, which yeah. is kind of cool. Of all the forestry that happens in Michoacan, sure. it's really interesting. Like when you taste it pine almost resin to a certain degree Dude, totally. it's 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 pretty diverse and fun um it's deep that's what i love about all these are layers i think the next one's going to be fascinating for you because it's just it's it's one of those things where it's just like a roller coaster yeah i love it i love it you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm really proud and happy that this is kind of where we're at right now yeah and yeah. you even have an agrodente coming in too so that one's from uh that's rum yep, yeah right, but it's, right, right. it's uh sugar cane distillate and we just released our 100 percent guarapo uh, which is a 100% uh, sugarcane juice uh -huh. expression. Um, the interesting thing about the rum was that it came second for me because when I first landed in Michoacan, you know, jumping into this idea, a gentleman who helped me navigate to all the mezcaleros mm -hmm. he, when we were driving, he's like, hey, you're taking Michoacan mezcal, why not take Michoacan rum? Mm. And at the time, I was like, I had no idea that existed. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And uh, and sure enough, he mentioned that Uruapan was known for rum, but yep. specifically Charada. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I originally was the guy who went to the 
Pacheco family to to work with them. No kidding. Yeah, so I was working. She's with, great. Man. Yeah, with yeah, Miriam's amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing individual. Her whole family and her father just passed away. So you know, God God rest his soul. He's an amazing guy. I got a chance to eat dinner with him with the whole family. Wow. And so originally I was working with them with the Gustoso project, and the, you know, going back to kind of my naivete back then, um, I didn't know any better than to think I should be bringing up their product per se. I I was in my mind the entrepreneur side of me was like, oh, brand. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And so at that point, I would, I built Gustoso with them, right? Yeah. Like, this is my concept. Would you guys want to work with me? They're like, yeah, we'd love to. And today, I was just messaging with Miriam the other day. Like, we have a great relationship, amazing relationship. But then at one point, essentially, they they opted to, to concentrate Keep on the, family brand. And, yeah. and they cut off all maquilas or, or uh, contract oh, brands. Yeah. And so then I had to find a new course of action. And I had a friend in the area of uh, uh, Parapel. Oh who had built this beautiful industrial mezcal facility, uh, pot stills, stainless steel mm-hmm. pot stills, stainless steel fermentation vats, or the whole bit. Yeah. You can imagine because you've been to a lot of distilleries. And needless to say, there wasn't a lot of demand for industrial mezcal. So I went to him and I said, hey, you know, I got this great run uh, okay. that, that's being demanded in the U.S. How, how would you feel about us transitioning to producing it? Back, back in the same mentality, I mm-hmm, wouldn't produce. Mm-hmm. I was kind of tired of that idea that i wasn't doing that part of it right and quite frankly i I had to eat this idea that i wasn't properly representing maybe the pachecos right Mm so i was like why don't we do it and he was like i'm game and so that's how that relationship so then now we're producing gustoso ourselves Mm. in that distillery and it's cool i mean i think the most the perfect thing happened you know because at one point like just realizing like if there's not enough room in this market for two Mitro kind of rums and there's not market at all. Cause all I know is, you know what I mean? I right, like, do. That's a great point. Yeah. I, well, I lived in a world at that time where we had La Luna, mm-hmm. where we had uh, Gustoso uh-huh. and we had Grandovejo. We still do. Mm-hmm. Grandovejo comes from uh, Gnome 1414, which is a great gnome. Makes mm-hmm. amazing tequila. I think ours is one of the best tequilas. And I say that proudly and you know, it's it, it, not, say anything about every, i think there's a lot of great tequilas but ours is great and they make 15 brands yeah and i and we all are out here selling our brand i was like so there's not enough room for two michoacan rums when there was only four four mexican rums as a whole right right then we're screwed and so that's how i fell and so i i took it upon myself to you know go out and, and work with with juan luis and and make our own home for gustoso that's I mean, it it was, it's how that was kind of my yeah my resilient mentality it was well, so this is the thing is like i like when you get backed in a corner yeah i can kind of see that you find a way to move forward and you find a different way to look at it yeah you it, know it, you know some people they they, they get so resentful yeah. about something like oh the butt hurt is a way like <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure but the, you seem like okay fuck it fuck it let's move forward yeah, let's go let's keep going Man. well th- and it was interesting because even i got a call at one point from from uh one of the individuals who kind of essentially what would you call it uh triggered all that movement with the pachecos um to them for them to make that decision uh-huh. and he was like so what are you gonna do you're gonna kill the brand i'm like uh no like i'm not gonna kill the brand like did he want you to i don't know but like i think for, i know what we're talking about yeah but, but 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 for me i was like i'm i'm not gonna kill the brand like we we got something going we're working like just because maybe it wasn't the right thing in in your eyes or whatever like we're we're still gonna keep working like Mm -hmm. i wasn't gonna stop you know and that was kind of the the thought overall like we're not gonna just kill some work that we've already been doing we've been working you know what i mean like yeah yeah and 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 a brand is a brand like uh, you know unfortunately like i always look at the situation in terms of the 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 global view of our industry Mm -hmm. spirits there are so many what i would deem phony brands and i don't say that disrespectfully i'm saying that they create a narrative that doesn't even exist right like it's a false narrative because it literally is fabricated. That's right. And I'm like, we're not trying to necessarily create a fabric. We're like, we cannot be the enemy when there's actual enemies out there. You know what I mean? That's that, that, that's how I felt, and I still feel that way. That's man. Yeah. That's it's, that is one of the most moving things I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're you're not the enemy, nor am I. Yeah. So let's fucking join together against the common exactly. enemy. Right. We we had to because you know like and, and we live in a small world. Like it's funny because you you would notice it because you're in that group, but like. You know just as well as I do that in that smoke talk I have a group which literally I've never commented on. Better we don't off. they they don't really fall into talking about a lot of brands. They talk about the same brands almost all the time, right? It's very very so like there you go. Like there there is our focused world. Yeah. But there's a shitload of world out there and luckily we're not promoting them or whatever, but like mm. 
that's just the game like I, it's it's a, you're right it's a very so i run a group here for texas right and it's difficult because we need to have accountability with respect yes of Obje- course objective of course right? yes so here here's something and i don't even have to mention the brand because it yeah. doesn't you'll get it right yeah away. if you want to erase the thumbprint of a mescalero's work yeah you batch him with other people from a single village Right. Yeah. So, and I never got this. Yeah. I never understood this concept until recently. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's probably a damn good collection of mescaleros, and let's just say Chichicapa. I don't yeah. know. Let's just yeah. finish this. But if you mix them all together, everybody's muted to some degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that and that's the thing is that batching mescal and I I I've met the gentleman and yeah we've had a great conversation about it. But it never occurred to me that fundamentally, scotch makes sense. But any other single varietal kind of thing, yeah. you just would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't blend cognacs from different different uh, production. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You just wouldn't do that. So yeah. it's it's so it's it's just it's changing. And somehow we feel like we've got to be reticent or we got to be careful. Yeah, not and, to say something. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think I'm 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 with you on it. Just you know, like the respectful side of it is a respectful side, right? The disrespectful side would be you know throwing the name and you're right. doing something wrong or whatever but it's like you know i'm not the judge and i won't be i'm the judge for what i like right and what we, you make exactly yeah. and we're, we're gonna be the ju- like we might be homies because we both agree you know on, on a lot of things or right. even flavor profiles or whatever but at the end of the day the market will be the judge of what 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 is right and not right, right, right? and and so while that entails dollars and you name it right of course people will have more dollars to throw out there but like that's just the nature of the game like that i mean we live in you know when i first started with tequila it was crazy because there's a king in tequila mm-hmm. where there might not be a defined king in mezcal to date right like all the way through there is an absolute king in tequila sure and there are i've almost n- never met more passionate aficionados uh, of a brand i'm like uh-huh. holy shit you will not budge right so yeah. You know, they they had more dollars or whatever, but you know, it's our job to keep pushing and and be resilient and and with let less or more dollars, keep on doing sure. the job we're doing. And right? and what we really are bringing to the, you more than me because you're actually bringing in stuff from Mutual Com, but it's about diversity. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing can taste like stuff from Mutual Con. There, yeah. Nothing comes close. Yeah. Oaxaca has a couple flavors that are really yeah. prominent. Michoacan has a couple flavors that to me are superior and they're very prominent. Puebla is another one. I think yeah. that has just And I tried a couple of Durangos recently that were oh, cool. I forget they weren't Ceniso. They were I forget which ones they Oh, there's Mars that's over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I in I I tried them at um in, in, in Michoacan in Morelia, there's a great uh mezcal bar called Tatas. Yeah. Uh, you ever heard no. of it? Oh, ah. That's great. You should go there one day if you if you can. And um my homie there, Gerardo Hera, um he he's very knowledgeable and he knows you know, especially all the Michoacan region, he knows like everybody because yeah. everyone tries to sell them on stuff. So he goes out there and researches. Um, but he's he's got a good, pretty tight selection of cool. of uh, outside of Michoacan expressions, and he had some really good Durango ones. I, I got like, holy shit. We we smuggled in the smuggled as I say. Yeah. Of course, went yeah. to Juarez during Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we pulled twelve bottles from Durango. Oh, cool! All different varietals. Nice. And it's what I'll show you this. But yeah, it's diversity. Yeah, that's what's absolutely. really really yeah, important. Absolutely. And it's, and you know, like I said, there's a little bit out there for all of us, yeah, if dude, not for a lot sure. for more, right? Yeah. Like there's like the, 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 the beautiful thing is that we're, we shouldn't be close minded to think that if, if one person gains something, the other one loses something. It can't yeah. be that small minded right, right now. Right. Mezcal is still such a small world in comparison to most categories. There's a lot more market out there. There are obscure states. I probably have never even heard of Mezcal still dude. have gotten yeah. no love yet. So, you know, we go to those, like we're, we're in Arkansas for God's sake. That's yeah, like there, yeah. Do you realize I got a text the other day? Yeah. One of my former bosses, he's moved to Arkansas, and he says, <laughs> "Hey, can you tell me which mezcal to get?" Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, wait, what?" And he yeah. sends me a menu, and there's a mezcaleria proper, not in Little Rock. Yeah. This is in small town Arkansas, yeah. and they had La Luna. Oh yeah, I'm there sure. I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, because there's not a lot Dude, of. That's it was. Yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, you know, that's and, that's the thing. I think that that is the like. There's so fifty states is a lot. Yeah, fifty states is a lot, you know, and and I don't think anyone's objective necessarily will be or should be to be in all of them. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of market out there, and so I, I always feel confident that we we can all, if 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 proper, you know, kind of work together, um, mm-hmm. and 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 go for it, right? So that's been my mentality, and you know, the competitive nature of me, of course, is always going to stay up longer at night just because that's what I think I'm going to do yeah. to work harder or whatever, and that might be the edge I gain, um, but 
that's just my nature. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I tell you one thing, and we'll stay between you and us and anybody that hears this. <laughs> one of the only reasons I drink, whether this is problematic or not, is I cannot shut my brain off. There you go. To bed, dude. Yeah. And I'm not. It's just so difficult. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I got to do this. Yeah. There's yeah, but I just this market. There's an email I should send. Like, it, yeah. it never really ends. Yeah. And another excuse for why I started podcasts. <laughs> I can take time out just to talk yeah. about life, you know, which I think is very, very helpful. But so you're here in Austin. Yeah. For a specific reason. Yeah. We're, I'm doing a, the Agave Collective tonight with Las Perlas. Yeah. Um, and be the first event we ever do in Austin. Which is amazing. We're not in market yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bringing in product for them and for the, the, the consumers that join us tonight. The aficionados, I'm assuming, just yeah. knowing their crowd. It's a good, it's a yeah. good like expert to intermediate. It's really yeah, nice it's great. And I, I'm excited. You know, I, I think that uh, I've I've loved presenting bo- on both sides because yeah. the the more the one thing about jumping into what I wanted to jump into in terms of production in that sense is mm-hmm. that there's no question almost that cannot be answered. So that the the not because that was our objective per se, but like the the transparency that we can provide because yeah. like I like today. I will know today every detail of what we did today, you uh-huh. know, all the way through. And it's helpful when I can talk about how many kilos we put in the oven exactly and yeah. how many hours specifically we did on this batch, right? Like in all of those things, like I'm no all the way. And I don't learn them when we're done. Mm-hmm. I learn them from day That's one. Yeah. Like it was interesting. I'll give you an example. While I was not the one to ultimately do all the work for that, this new batch of Montesawayo, when we were first, we, 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 um, we asked the family for, they're, they're all farmers of this particular maguey in, in Sawayo, Hikipan mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm. And we were asking them for six tons for the for the load. And I remember I called Adrian and I said, hey, can you make sure to ask him to leave an extra inch of pen- penca? Oh, yeah, and and yeah. he was like, okay, cool. And it, it's such a subtlety, but it's like, it's an interesting thing that we're connected in that way, right? So every decision, yeah. one way or the other, we, we all know together as, as a team. And I can translate it whether I'm there in person because I was there for the distillation and for the, we loaded the oven together. I was just mm-hmm. there for the fermentation. We can speak to all the details of it all the way, all the way, yeah. right? From the Vitacura and the details of the CRM ass to what we decided to do in terms of bottling all the way, which is that's, cool. I mean, dude, that's, that's one of those things that I think so. You got to smell it. It's yeah. got to cut you. It's got to yeah. burn you. Yeah. And then, then you get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you stain your hands, yeah. you know, and like get shit on your shoes. Yeah. Ruin a pair of pants. All the way. All of it, dude. And yeah, that's kind of one of the of things. Shoes. These yeah. are the battle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. I got yeah. cuts across my hands yeah. from doing steel orchestra yeah. and stuff like But we fucking bled for it. Of course. Which yeah. I think is a really, really yeah. important thing. So this batch of Sawayo, Manso Sawayo? Manso Sawayo, yeah. This when, particular one? This yeah. first one? Yeah. yeah. So how is this? What does this remind you of? Yeah. The, so this one's interesting. This evolved a lot, and I remember one thing. I I can I can attest to one thing really quick. The evolution of mezcal in terms of when it starts to resting in glass mm-hmm. to then opening up, night and day. Because mm-hmm. when we first, I was such I was such in a hurry to bring up our new expressions that once we distilled this, I brought some up in plastic bottles, and I poured it out. And I was in Sacramento. I was at a cocktail competition we were hosting, mm-hmm. and I remember I poured it out. And I remember that even myself, I was like I was a little underwhelmed. I was like fuck. I was like, I thought it'd be better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought it was going to be a little better. And then it rested in the glass for a little bit. And I'm talking about the glass that we bottle in. Yeah. You yeah. know, and we tried it again. I remember me and Ryan looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? It just opened up. It was, it all of a sudden it became cheesy, lactic. And, and the palate was minty and just fresh. It yeah. was so crazy. And even I remember um, one of the, one of my homies is uh, Bryant who does Madre and uh, Torrance. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. heard of it. Cause I know uh, Stefan. He's in Austin right now. So, so Brian is is the the manager there, kind of in charge of the program. Um, him and Ivan actually went with us to Michoacan recently mm. to check it all out. And um, Brian, after trying everything, he hit me up. He's like, "Dude, this Montes Hawaii was like amazing. Like it was like he was like it was it really like uh, attracted him, if you will." Yeah. And I remember that's that was that was the message that triggered me to revisit it. Cause like, and me and Ryan tried. And we're like, oh shit! Like it opened up, and we're fortunate, especially because you know his pal is very developed for the kind of back bar they've built sure. there. And and we tried it. It was just so fun, and it's so far been probably the industry favorite. I would say people it's, that try it are like, oh, this is really cool, different, very different. I there, I've been trying to intellectualize what happens in glass, and I think I finally got it. And I won't nerd anybody out. With yeah, this, yeah. But I'll say this one thing. The more fat that exists in that distillate, the more capacity it has to oxidize. Okay. And as we know, 
what what is what is the most complex raw ingredient made used to make spirits and that's agave yeah and i'll i'll talk to to, to dr yvonne and, and see yeah. if, if i can confirm this yeah. but i feel because it's such a rich plant and so diverse and how many different kinds of sugars and complexities it has in it it has so much more capacity to react and yeah. change in the bottle that and create sense. aldehyde yeah, you know? yeah. basically so i i've tasted it too yeah. and i've also tasted go too far in glass when then it's like this is the former ghost mm. of a mescaline yeah, 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 yeah. you know and it's like kind of cheesy kind of got lost a little bit yeah it either gets lost or it gets so reduced that it becomes chalky mm. you know because there probably are still some solids in the bottle you know yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. get rid of all that stuff you just wouldn't ever dare do it so well so the class at las perlas tonight you've got bruto that's yeah. coming out which is going to be that that's we, we, Inakidans, right that's Inakidans that that are releasing soon for la luna mm-hmm. we just did um so in cotija specifically we, we uh cotija typical production is usually in clay pot yeah so oh, i don't know that. yeah you mostly because it's connected most of the raicilla area uh-huh. of jalisco and cotija or michoacan area are yeah. connected like oh, they're right there and so clay pots tip more most typical in cotija so at Davinata and Cotija, we have both the clay pot and the wood side. No kidding. The Filipino still. And so what we'll release to market soon from Cotija will be an ensamble of Chino and Bruto. That'll be the first Michoacan ancestral batch ever landing. That's so it'll be crazy. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, it was two things. It was two things. What was the other thing? It was the first ancestral. Oh, well, two, well of course. It'll be the first Cotija batch that, that'll land like kind of for commercializing. Because there's been a, a lot of Cotija coming up in, uh, you know, regular bottles mm-hmm. maybe someone brought them in on sure. a plane or whatever but it'll be the first cotilla batch which i'm really proud of because where my family's from and then it'll be the first ancestral batch so we have that coming up and then we have a bruto coming up a regular bruto wow. and then we'll that'll be done regular um artisanal so in yeah. the filipino wow. still mm-hmm. and then we have uh the new batch of manso that'll be that's already distilled that i told you about mm-hmm. and then we just loaded the criollo tequila so that's incredible yeah all right so i got one question left. Yeah. Because I don't know, kind of, would you, give me a musical influence for you. Who do you oh, think? Oh, man, my musical influence is crazy. Uh, influence. Sure. Yeah. Uh, define influence. That it makes me move? or, or like That actually that, that makes you me... think about art differently. Art. So one of the artists that made me make, relax, which makes me think more, because yeah. other ones oh. make me riled up. Like, you know, Grupo Firme gets me all okay, bumping. Yeah. But like uh, Marco Antonio Solis, which is funny enough, he's from Michoacan. You okay. know, Los Bukis, I would no, say. I, yeah. Never heard of him? No, no. He, so the the reason I say that is because I grew up on him. Because my, my, my parents are, you know, back in the day, especially they were big uh, big time on romantic music. Uh-huh. So Los Yoniks, Los Temerarios. Mm-hmm. But specifically Los Bukis were like the, the key one. So I bump Marco Antonio Solis, Los Bukis a lot. And I would say that they... They're words. They're very romantic words, yeah. but they definitely get you to like relax and open up and think about things. And so I would say probably them. Yeah, and him specifically. He's from Michoacan. He lives. He has a home in Morelia. Really? Yeah, you should check him out. It, I cool. mean, he's. I mean, as far as Michoacan, I mean, Mexican music goes, he's an icon. Yeah, Marco Nunes is an icon. Yeah, icon. Yeah, yeah. I will have to hold you. Hold yeah, you to yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. Spotify yeah. link. Me it's, or it's, it's you know, it's one of those things you want to have a glass ready, relax. Yeah. It, for me, it was kind of. A, terrorizing as well as relaxing it's relaxing now Mm -hmm. but when i was a kid and it was friday and my mom put on los bukis i knew it was cleaning day (laughs) so i had to get out of my room and we were gonna clean all freaking day (laughs) so like that to me was like the the terror i had around that music because that's what was bumping and we were just cleaning away you know but but now you know even that it makes me reflect on those days it makes me reflect on kind of you know all those things it has a lot of cool words so okay so the reason i ask is this is always the question i ask everybody usually the last question but so you're drinking this month so i go with anybody Mm -hmm. living or deceased Mm -hmm. doesn't matter where who would you like to sit down and have a drink with Mm, shit (laughs) that's one I'm going to go ahead and say my great-grandfather. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet him. His name was Salvador. Mm-hmm. I was named My dad was named after him, and I was named after my dad. And I named so my the, son after... No, it was my great-grandfather. Oh, got it. Gen. Skip, skip okay. the gen. 1.75. Exactly. <laughs> so so the reason I say this is because he was, he was donned La Troca, the truck mm-hmm. in Cotija, because he was the strongest guy. Like they, were, they There's folk tale about my great-grandfather that he would carry 
he that the donkeys would get tired and he would carry them and just crazy shit. Yeah. And but the reason I really want to talk to him is because apparently my dad was the closest one to him. Um, and so my dad was always so proud to be named Salvador after him because he was such a strong guy. Mm-hmm. And he died early because he ended up getting some sort of some some like I don't know it was liberties something. Um, and I want to talk to him about my dad as a kid. I want to talk to him about his experience in getting that name. Yeah, all those things. Like, you know, like Cotija Tai. Like he's a legend in Cotija. He's a, like a living living like well obviously passed away now, but like a legend. Sure. Uh, for the town, and I really that's one guy for sure. I would want to. That's amazing. Yeah, have a glass with. Well. Strong people, man. Yeah. They make us who we are. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Salvador, man, thanks so much for coming by yeah, thank and you. chatting about thank you. this whole project. It's a lovely thing. And thank I wish you. you, you know, I it's possible I'll see you tonight at Las Perlas, yeah. too. Yeah. But Austin will love it, dude. Yeah. You know it. So, it'll be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to be in Texas. It'll it's, be fun. It's a big one. Yeah. So, chat soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, there we have it. The incredible Salvador. Chavez or just simply Sal. We talk all the time. Like I said, it's crazy the kinds of relationships that I and I'm sure many others have built during shutdown in the wake of incredible adversity emotionally, financially. But I feel like La Luna is doing a great job. It's here in Texas, finally, you know. And when I initially sat down with Sal, he was doing, I think, the last Mezcal Collective at Las Perlas, which now is almost about to reopen here in a few weeks. Man, it's a time of transition, a time of completion, ending, and creation. It is a strange, strange time, but I always love to sit down and drink some Michoacan mezcal. It's just the thing. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many episodes of Forensic Files you're watching or if you're thinking, dude, this record I've worked on is finally done and I'll share it very soon, please keep thinking.